What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to the Nerdwide Podcast. This is episode 70, and listen, we have got a great one for you. We don't have any TV shows to talk about, but we've got a book review, and we've got some fun DC content we've been kind of talking about for the past couple of weeks. But before we get there, I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and co-host, Chris Rivers. Chris, how has your week been? I got laid off. That's never a fun thing to hear. No. No. Um, no, but I'm in the process of uh, of hunting for a job. So on the bright side, it gave me time to finish getting caught up on a show that uh, I've been wanting to watch for a while. So yeah, we're going to talk about that. Listen, we got a lot of things to talk about. I hate that you got laid um, off. Um, how has your week been? Uh, well, I uh, had a little bit of a stint in the hospital on Saturday. Um, oh, no. That's why we're doing a late recording on a Tuesday this week. But um, that's for another time completely once we get there, but quick housekeeping because we do have a big show and a lot of fun. I, I really can't get wait to get into it. Um, housekeeping: Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting services of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating on whatever podcasting app that you use. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, or if you have any changes or any ideas, anything you would like to see, let us know down in the comments. Or you can always email us at nerdwide at gmail.com and let us know what you want to see, hear, or do. Um, if y'all want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. There's three different tiers there for three different payment plans for three different tiers of goodies and fun things that we will do just for you if you subscribe to us on our Patreon. But Chris, I want to get into it. Uh, for everyone listening and watching, we're going to do a, a kind of hard cut to kind of redo it intro for this book review. And, and also for the DC thing we're going to do as well because we're going to put those as a separate video, but that is a part of this podcasting uh, episode of episode 70. So we're going to do it like a, there'll be a good pregnant pause on both of these, but we'll both let you know when that is. And you can obviously tell when it is. Um, but we are going to do a book review that I got contacted by, by um, Books Forward. Uh, our contacts out there said, hey, we've got a book for you. Don't know if you want to review it, but we're going to see. We think it'd be right up your alley. And sure enough, I enjoyed the book. It is Kaya and the Morian Treasure by R.S. Malay. Is how we're going to believe his name is. His last name, couldn't find it anywhere. Of course, I could always reach out and ask how to pronounce his last name. I actually, probably Chris, I could Twitter DM him right now. and say, hey, how do you pronounce your last name before I butcher it? I don't know how, no, I don't know how, how soon he'd get back to me, but we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so we're going to review it and then we're going to do our DC thing. Uh, so Chris asks as many questions as you can with this book, if you want to, and I'm going to talk about it, talk about the author and then, um, give a spoiler free synopsis. And then what I thought about the book and we'll go from there. So we're going to start on it real quick and nice pregnant pause. Hey everyone, welcome to the Nerdwide Podcast. I'm Tyler Haynes with my good co-host Chris Rivers, and we've got a new book review for you. This one is Kaya and the Morian Treasure by R.S. Malay. Of course, the good people from Books Forward sent this over to us for to us to review, and sure enough, we reviewed it. I am actually one that read this one. I really enjoyed it. Uh, first thing first, though, read a little bit of a synopsis for you so we know what you're getting into before I talk about my thoughts on it. Uh, among the ancient ruins of a distant planet lies a girl's diary. The first entry is a warning. If you're reading this and I'm not dead, then get out of my stuff. With that brisk alert begins the epic adventure in R.S. Malay's space opera, Kaya and the Morian Treasure, which came out on April 26, 2022. Malay, who worked on Xena the Warrior Princess, for those who were back in the 90s, is a phenomenal show to watch. Um, if you still want to go watch it, please do. It's really great. 
uh, took his experience in the television and film industries to craft a female-led young adult sci-fi novel that will captivate readers of all ages and genders. The aforementioned diary belongs to Nindir, the daughter of a peacemaker and a diplomat who has lost her mother and whose father, Janice, has quickly died of a space plague ravaging the universe. Janice hires freelance space pirate Kaya to arrange safe passage back to their homeland and plans to turn himself over to Admiral Gon, leader of the Council of Pirates in the name of peace. But all does not go according to plan. Kaya's ship is attacked by fellow pirate and Kaya's ex, Derek, who is looking to collect the bounty on Janice himself. With Janice captured, Nadir and Kaya are left to fend for themselves, all while Kaya seeks to recover the memories erased by her father, which she's convinced hold the key to finding the mysterious Morian treasure. Action-packed and quick-witted, Kaya and the Morian treasure is a journey through the galaxy like readers have never seen before, and the ending is sure to astonish all those who venture into this exciting new universe. Now, Chris, I said a whole lot just then, but let me tell you, I really, really, really enjoyed this book. Um, and it's it's one that I'm not, I've only read a couple uh, space tale space adventures in my time. Uh, one from Chris Pilaney, uh, To Sleep in a Sea of Stars is up there. One of my favorite authors of all time. It's probably the only other space tale adventure I have read. But this one was fun. The only thing I give this one so far, a three and a half stars out of five. I loved it. I really did. It's, it's like on the border of three and a half, four stars. Um, the only thing that I critique it on is at the beginning, it, it throws a lot of planets, people, and things at you a little bit. I like my hand held to be, my hand to be handled, held just a little bit when I'm reading, especially when like new, uh, new planets, it's throwing a lot at you. It's not just Earth. You got Victalis, you got Arius, you've got, um, I wrote down some. I had to keep some notes just to make sure I was, you know, what I was yeah. reading. Uh, Kasari, um, Clonair, like they throw quite a bit at you at the beginning. But once you grasp the characters and the planets that they were talking about, dude, it's fun. Like I really enjoyed yeah. it. And then the, like the last little bit that I read, um, I guess like maybe the last four or five chapters, I didn't put the book down. And, and that says everything. Cause then I was just, I was like, I have to know what happens next. It ended such on a cliffhanger each chapter did. And I was quickly clicking my Kindle. And I was like, okay, I, I don't want this to end, but I want to keep figuring out what's going on here. Um, and it's fun. It, it takes place. You're, you're reading Nadir's journal and mm -hmm. she's telling the tale of Kaya. And so you, you've, you've got the, the journal starts from where you meet Kaya. You, you see her on a hill at her mother's funeral. And like she describes this girl, her, this lady's hair changes color based on her emotion. And you don't know that when you're first reading it, but it's like she reads it and I believe she says, you know, her hair was brown and then it turned to blonde and then it turned to jet black. And I'm like, okay, well, there's something, a new creature going on here. Like a new humanoid kind of thing. And, and like you, you follow this adventure, it turns out her dad had her memories erased to protect this, the Morian treasure, which her last name is Moria. So it's for protect their treasure. And, there's a pretty good twist at the end that I don't think is they make you believe one thing, which I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm not your average guy. So I think they're trying to misdirect you, but man, it is a fun book. I really do recommend it, especially if you love those space adventure travel things. And if you like Xena warrior princess, definitely read this book. It's a lot of fun. So how, how does it, I know you said at the end, you couldn't put it down, mm -hmm. but how does it, start all those new names new people new planets did that kind of was it a bit of a slow start it because in my experience that's usually where yeah it, it to for the to the mo yeah to the for the most part it was 
because like you're because you know it talked about with the synopsis that you if, if you're reading this and I'm not dead get out of my stuff that's how it starts out and it says this is the journal of my best friend in space adventure Kaya my name's Nadir and it starts off with her mother's funeral um, uh-huh. and it trying to goes in you know she's like there's a lot of people here there's because my dad's a very famous politician her dad is he's trying to in this whole galaxy trying to make peace the space pirates are kind of uh, it's like half and half like the space pirates occupy a big chunk of this thing and he's on the other side and he's just trying to bring peace and so he's already got and once we you know get into it a little bit he's already got a mark on his neck he's already been targeted for assassination and he could be hunted down kind of thing and like they they start off with a lot of so she's on victalis i forget the the planet that she's from which is where her father wants her to go and then they throw in a cargo planet at the beginning as well and then you're learning all these names at the same time. And it's like, I'm like, oh, I'm trying to, it took me a little bit to keep, I mean, I had to write some down. I, I do that anyways when I'm reviewing things. But I had to write, I made sure I wrote it down just to make sure. I was like, wait, who is this person again? And why are they important? And who are they related to? But but yeah, it, for, for the most part, it's it was a little slow start. But once you, I think once you got on the spaceship, which is maybe three or four chapters in, it takes off. And it's, it's a fun read. That's cool, man. So, like, when when you're reading it, because I, I know when I did the the review for um, the Sightless City, mm-hmm. was that bad that I had to ask what? <laughs> but uh, when I was doing that, I could picture it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the descriptions of everything it, it made it kind of come to life in my mind is is that is this one written yes. very much the same there's way? there's some things they leave he leaves more to the imagination like uh mm-hmm. some of the the people like um trying the the victolites is i believe is what they refer to the people on um i just i just said the name three, three or four times on victalis like he he doesn't really describe the people but he, he describes what they wear and like you know they're very slender long robes uh but they didn't really mention their what kind of species they were he said she said he said humanoid uh but nothing crazy like we're, we're presuming kaya um uh, is humanoid she's got the hair that changes everything she's taller than uh nadir is nadir is your is your earthian is like your your humanoid your, your class of like you and me what you would think um, and then some of the space pirates he, he described as being uh, like big brutish uh, with the sharp tails, things like that. But not but like the spaceships and what you're reading and being described to, yes. But like there are some things like the people and things like that that's kind of left more to the imagination. I'd that's say, really I'd cool. say 50-50. I'd say yeah, it's pretty yeah. pretty descriptive on some things. But the other things, it's like, eh, I wish it was a little bit more for. I mean, just from what little you've said about it, um, this is something that I, I, I would say would be cool to see live action. Yes. Oh, dude, this would be I, a fun, like, um, Disney Plus uh, show, I think, would be really good. Or a, because, you know, we talk about a lot of networks and what would pick up things. CW would even do really well, cause especially with what they've done with the 100. This would be a really good uh, television show for the CW. So, so all the way through, though, would is this like a 
not really all ages, but is it more of like a young adult? I would say up. young adult and and up more is what I would say. Not yeah. so much a, a, a I will say, what is it, preteen is what looked for as young adult and adolescence. It's definitely, there are some brutal parts. Uh, it's not very, mm-hmm. not really sexual or anything like that, but more so uh, violent oriented. But yeah, I said more, more for young adult for sure and up. I may have to check this out, Tyler. Dude, it's a it's a good one, and I really enjoy it. And and that's what I was telling you before the show is, is RS started. He either started writing it in '96 or he finished writing this book in 1996. Because at the very end, he talks about it. And listen, RS, if you're listening and watching this, don't let it be that long before we get the sequel. Because as it sits right now, May 17th, I need the sequel. I don't like cliffhangers and things like that. I, I want to know what happens with Kaya and Nadir uh, going forward, and even Hector, all right? I, I, I need more Hector in my life. So Tyler demands it. I demand it. But ladies and gentlemen, you have to read this book. I really do recommend it. Three and a half stars out of five on our scale. Uh, so make sure you read Kaya and the Morian Treasure by R.S. Malay. You can find it on Amazon or anywhere you get a book, Barnes & Noble, um, let's say the Books A Million, places like that. It is already out. Make sure you go read it and let us know what you think and let us know down in the comments down below what you thought about this or book review. If you want more, let us know there as well. And if there's a book that you think we would like to review, let us know that and we'll review it as well. Thank you so much for listening. Perfect. God, that was, yeah, perfect. Hard stop and everything. All right. So that Hard was stop. Kaya and the Maureen Review. Now, Chris, let's do... This next DC. One. Let's fix DC. Oh, Chris, I love it. That's what I'm running with. I was about to say, I don't know what to title this. All right, here we go. <laughs> it just come to me. Yeah. <laughs> Every now and again, a blind squirrel finds a nut. Right. <laughs> That's what they say, you know. Um, here we go. And three, two. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to Nerdwide Podcast. This is a special little one-off, one-shoot here we're going to do called Let's Fix DC. Chris, that was a brilliant title. I'm glad you said it. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and co-host, Chris Rivers. What we're going to do here is we're going to fix DC. And Chris sent me a text message a couple weeks ago. I'm going to read his text, and we're going to go there. We're going to go into it. Let's each bring our ideas to the table for how we would relaunch the DC content film, TV, and or streaming. What platforms, characters, and then in the next week we can bring our casting ideas to those shows, the characters that we proposed to the week before. So we're going to do that, but this is the Nerdwide Podcast. Let's do a little offshoot here, a little episode that we're going to have a little fun with. Chris, I'm going to start. I'm going to okay. go, go with an obvious one. Uh-oh. Let's reboot Superman. Now, this has to be a, a feature film. I don't need it to be a... Uh, a TV show or anything like that. Although Superman and Lois doing a great job of it, but mm-hmm. I need that next big Christopher Reeve Superman. I need that next big, even uh, uh, Henry Cavill Superman. I need they needed to reboot it. But here's the thing, though: they have to pick the correct director for it because it's we've seen yeah. we've seen all sorts of directors for these things, but they need something that makes you fall in love with Superman. It's not some dark and gritty. Like Henry Cavill is, yes, it's fine. And it's a great movie. I love that movie. But if they, they're going to need to do what Marvel has done with their characters. And to me, 
as personally here, Superman has to be that flagship character like Tony Stark is. He's going to have to be the one to start it all up and get the ball rolling, kind of what they did with Henry Cavill. But they're going to have to fix it, really get in there, and, and make it fun that everyone has to watch it. Yeah, I, I think Superman's one of those characters that when you get to the grittier, slightly darker Superman, that only means something if you've gotten the truth, justice, and the right. American If you've way, already Superman. established your good, your your just your red and blue Superman. Right. Yeah. Who you got? So, oh, you want me to go? Oh ahead? yeah, go ahead. I'm ready for it. Are Are you done? Oh, that's that's Is my that first it? one. Oh yeah, I've got oh. more. Okay. So here's, I'll give you my first one. And it's, I took a more slow burn approach. Okay. This, um, I would kick it off with an HBO Max series that I called it timeless, but it would focus on the presence, which is the DC universe, their version of God. Okay. And it would be the, we would see in the first phase, this would kick off the first phase and we would see the creation of the DC universe and we would meet the new gods and stuff to come, but I would start it off with Timeless, with this sense of seeing it all created and meeting the the ultimate powers behind everything. Oh, so that would be awesome. And that's something we don't we haven't really seen either. And right. I feel like it'd be a, a great way to, to kick it off. Oh, I like it. I even like it more of a... So you're saying a series as well, though. Yeah, I mean, I'll... Just because it all kind of lumps together, I'll give you my HBO Max stuff there to kick it off. Uh, would be that series, followed by The Endless, which is Neil Gaiman's characters built around Dream, a.k.a. Sandman, mm -hmm. Death. Um, the New Gods, which would introduce us to Darkseid. Yes. Um, Apocalypse would be another series to just cover... That planet, Parliament of Trees, which gives us a foothold to later introduce Swamp Thing, mm -hmm. and then the Green Lantern Core. Oh. We wouldn't meet any of the lanterns we know, but we would see the formation of the core, right? And how it came about, because it's very, very old in the in the universe. Would you connect all of these together, or would you, or they all be like standalone? How kind of how the DCEU is now? I kind of did this with an idea of having a character act as like a Nick Fury type gotcha. connection. And I'll, I'll touch on who that character is uh, on my next, my okay. next turn. Okay. So I have, so that's how not really so much a Nick Fury character, but I kind of related it to the, the Tony Stark with Superman. That's how I would kind of get the ball rolling, but along the Superman veins, I am going my next one is also going to be on HBO Max. And this one I want, I think what would be a great series, is a Superboy series. Now, not the Titan Superboy, because, you know, not Titan Superboy, excuse me, because that one's more dark, gritty, not really, you're fleshing out a whole team, you're not really fleshing out one character. Mm -hmm. I would love for a an Arrow-type show, but with Superboy. And that would kind of, Yes, all of my my thinking is all of my shows and movies and everything are going to connect, but like kind of how Marvel is doing with their MCU, with their Disney Plus shows and everything. 
but I would love a Superboy show. He gets introduced in the Superman, either one or two movie, um, if he gets that far. But it introduces him, and then we take up on the Disney Plus series, kind of like how they did with Hawkeye. And we introduce him with this character. We meet Crypto for the first time. And it's him in a Smallville-ish role. Like Superman, I'm going to put Henry Cavill, for example, is in the show one or two episodes. But like he is he is at the Kent farm, but he is a Superboy. It's not, it's almost, it's really similar to a Smallville story. But it's, there's the different dynamic of he knows who his parents are. He knows he's a test to um, creation, but he's still going through high school and still becoming Superboy. And then eventually throughout the seasons, it's him going into college and getting the Superboy name and following Clark and Superman. I really would love that show. I mean, we both love Smallville, but I want something close to it, but not quite Smallville. But... Uh, enough of a, a different twist and turns of a story-wise that you can do throughout that. Right. So these are the films from my first phase. Okay. Uh, we would, of course, have a Sandman film. Mm-hmm. You know, And then we would have a death film followed by Dark Side's film. Right. And then... Because he's he's gonna pop up later in some other stuff, obviously he's yeah. one of the big big villains, and then here's the guy that connects everything, right? He's the guy that's it. gonna dip in. He he's gonna work to coordinate to put teams together. And again, he's he's around and his his kind are around from the beginning. Finishing out phase one with his own film, Martian Manhunter. Oh. Dude, that's that would be so good. And he'll later on, like I said, he'll put some of these teams together. He'll work to kind of recruit people because he can monitor what's going on, right. the threats that are coming up. God, that's genius. Because I mean, like how Zack Snyder's got it, you know, present. Like, cause we're not gonna ever see anything from it. Martian Manhunter is there, but it's it's Batman that assembles the team, uh-huh. and. I, that would work really well because even as Supergirl, he kind of assembles the team for eh, kind of, sort of. But, I mean, because he would – Martian Manhunter would have the expertise. I mean, he's got the interplanetary uh, diplomatic ways and things like that. He can kind of be in the shadows because he can look however he wants to look. And then, oh, that would be a great, 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 great good call. That's what I thought. I thought – Especially being able to look like whoever, and he he knows beings on different planets, so he could potentially recruit from those as well. Right. See, it's on. Oh, that's a that's a good pick. That might be the best one. All right, you win. Uh, but first, before <laughs> you win, though, Chris, I've got another one. What's that? We need you. You kind of mentioned this earlier. We need a decent Green Lantern story. Now, mm-hmm. I would prefer. It start with Hal Jordan, the one who sets it all up. To, you know, besides um, was it Alan Scott? I think is technically mm-hmm. the JLA one. Uh, but I'm I'm talking about Hal Jordan. The the ship lands on the planet. He gets the ring. He goes and trains and everything. Because from there, you could branch off to all the new Green Lanterns. Um, I would start off kind of the same way with the Superman stuff. I would start off with its own single movie. 
but your your other characters that you meet in the sequels and threequels and everything is are the other characters and they would get their own disney plus not disney plus hbo max show um and get that real you know 12 episode because listen we don't do anything less than 10 episodes on these series all right none of that six episode four episode stuff we're not doing it uh, you get all that time to flesh out the characters that got revealed during the show or hinted at during the movies, I mean, and then you could bring them back into the fold to these uh, big Green Lantern Corps issues like uh, I forgot the Fear Ring, the Yellow, I forget, Sinestro. Uh, like when he starts taking over, obviously that's the first thing, and then he's going to come back. Like when you got, you got all these different colors of rings, and then you can have your uh, John Stewart's already training. He's working with the Justice League that's already been set up with these Superman movies um, and properties and other things. I got other ideas, but with Superman and things like that. But I would have it where they have their own shows, but then they can, we have these big Green Lantern Corps issues, bring them all back in together. And you've already got, you know, you love Hal Jordan because he's had his movies, but you also love Kyle Rayner, John Stewart, and Jessica Cruz. Because you've already seen their, you know, a season or two of their show, and you're like, uh, this is Avenger style uh, mashup, and that, that I'm here for, and that's that's my next pick. I like it. I like it because you, the green, the core is something that, you know, there's not just one Green Lantern. Right now, there's there's and a the, lot then, you can focus on. And then we find out, of course, later there's yellow and red mm-hmm. lanterns and, and and all that. Yeah. Green Lantern's one of those characters. I don't think they've, all due respect to Ryan Reynolds, I don't think they've explored him very well. No, and I think that's something that, it's easy. Like, we thought they were going to do that in um, in Arrow, but they never did. And, like, they hinted at it multiple times, but they've never done anything with it. And I was like, this is a character that y'all can do so much with, and just haven't done it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Next up for me, kind of kicking off i'm using a lot of marvel terminology oh you're fine phase one phase two <laughs> but they do it right, right i mean so it's, it's, it's hard it's, not to look at it's a billion multi-billion dollar films and everything so yeah yeah volume one of phase two for me is kind of built around our first team up and um we do kick it off though seeing because you, you've got to foreshadow what's coming so i have an hbo max series here for krypton Mm-hmm. As much as we both love the sci-fi show, you've you've got to redo this, and you've got to kind of. I think if if we're going back to the beginnings of the DC universe, you have to tell the full story of what happened on Krypton. Right. Um, but from there we come to Earth, right, and we meet some characters that really haven't been, they haven't done a lot with in recent years because. This is most of the team that made up the initial Justice Society mm-hmm. of America. So Dr. Fate and Our Man are going to team up on their own show. Um, we're going to get the JSA Sandman. So not Neil Gaiman's dream, but the guy that wears the gas masks and just sprays this gas that puts his enemies to sleep. Um, we're going to get a, a Spectre film. Mm. Um, 
we're going to have a Gotham series that works in here to kind of start laying the groundwork for Batman. Yeah, just continue then, the season from Fox. And we'll just we'll just keep it going, honestly. <laughs> and, then, and then we're going to meet the original Adam. We're going to meet Hawkman both on HBO Max. And then we get an Alan Scott Green Lantern film, a Jay Garrick Flash film, mm-hmm. all leading into the JSA film. And at that point, uh, I left out two of the other founding members of the JSA, Batman mm-hmm. and Superman, for a reason. They will pop up in the JSA film near the end. Um, but not right away. Right. So it'll be like cameos. So that's volume one of phase two. Just setting up the first team that's going to kind of chain reaction lead to everything that's coming down the pipe. I love it. See, oh, I love it. It just gets me excited. I wish we had money and new people because we could really set these things up. (laughs) Right. So my next one, and this is, this is my last one that like I've really fleshed out and thought. I've got a lot of things in my brain, but this is my last one Like I've really sat down and thought about here because I would love you know we've all seen Wonder Woman and the second one who would shall not be named and there's there's one character in there that's a great could be a great prequel see I haven't really thought if I want it to be a show or if I want it to be a movie first yeah. I think I think I'd rather for it to be a show first and just be a one season one and done and then shoots off into Wonder Woman. But I want us to focus on the island, Themyscira. And I want to focus on her mother. Hippo, I'm always butchering her, this lady's name. It's Hippolyta, 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 whichever her name. I can never remember how to pronounce her name correctly. Just call her Hippo. Hippo. So That was her in Moon Knight. Tower Rat. Yes. Um, but I would want to focus on her before she became the queen of the island like mm-hmm. and then you know but it, in the the final episode the finale is her making wonder woman because you know she's made from clay with uh, zeus's lightning and everything else but i want to i want to see that story of themyscira of battling the gods and helping the gods and then her becoming the queen of the island and then, you know, ending up with Wonder Woman. I think that'd be such a great and just a fun story to to go through because there's a lot that happened before, she, you know, Wonder Woman was born and before she became strong. And I want to see that and see the island of uh, Themyscira be fleshed out and made to what we know it is today. I think it'd be a right. phenomenal prequel series. I agree. I think given that kind of background, too, instead of trying to shoehorn it into a movie. Right. And you don't have to follow up because you've already seen it. Yeah. Uh, Volume 2 on Phase 2 here. I have four HBO Max series. We have The Spirit, which they famously made the Alec Baldwin. Was it Baldwin that was in the... No. That was The Shadow, right? Anyway, The Spirit gets his own HBO Max series. And then we give Martian Manhunter a series. He got a film before to kind of lay his groundwork. But here he is in series form. Then we're going to do an Arkham series. 
Awesome. Again, build in the Batman background here. But then we're going to do a series as well for the Black Dragon Society uh, from DC Comics, just to set up one of our villains. Mm-hmm. The films out of this volume are Superman, where he's going to face Zod. That's going to be his primary uh, antagonist. Batman, who we're going to see Harvey Dent become Two-Face. Okay. Because it times out well. Right. You know, a young Batman could be there at the same time as Harvey Dent and then the accident. And then we get the second JSA movie. Um, and that's how you would end that phase is with the second JSA? Yeah, because what happens here with the second JSA is the whole time through the first JSA and on into the second, Martian Manhunter is trying to recruit Batman and Superman. Because really, if you if you look around... Some of those members of the original JSA, they're not sup- they're they're heroes, but they're not super powered right. beings. So he he knows that this team isn't going to work as it's constructed, and through the black the Black Dragon Society, and well, there there would be another villain in the film. He knows that it's going to be a struggle. Batman and Superman are finally convinced to join, but it's too late. Dr. Fate, Our Man, Sandman, the original Adam, the original Flash, the original Green Lantern, all wiped out. And so now you have the guilt mm-hmm. of, because their their excuse would be, we've got our own things to worry about. Superman's in Metropolis, Batman's in Gotham, they've got their own issues they can't take the time to team up and fight this other thing there's other people that can help and now they realize they've got to find the time Mm -hmm. because these people's deaths are kind of on their hands and so that's how jsa 2 ends and that spawns the next the next major phase which is leading to the justice league oh this is I mean, you you've got it down to a science. And I went I absolutely I told, love it. <laughs> I told you, I went down the rabbit hole on this. Um, do you want to go next with? That's that's all I've that's all I've deep dived into. I just want to listen to all of yours because I am all <laughs> in, dude. <laughs> like, because that with with the second JSA movie, because you could set it up that way, like. Even the the climax is everyone dying, right? And then somehow, you know, Martian, uh, Superman, and Batman become victorious. And then that's like your your end of your movie. Your climax is everything is is the guilt that you're talking about. And they're saying we we have to make this work. We can't let this happen again. And then credits. And then yeah, the like that's your next phase is is building this team. And then you know. Which I'm sure it sounds like the third phase is last movie is going to be Justice League, and you kind of go from there. But oh, I'm all in. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Well, yeah, because I mean, that's it. Also sets up the expectation with the audience. Right. These characters are going to die. Like, it's there is no coming back. Right. Um, I did take a small, small uh, detour just a a very minor phase before we go right back into the superheroes here. Swamp Thing's going to get his own movie. Okay. You know, which potentially sets up him kind of 
coming in to help out later on with some JLA stuff. Death 2 is going to get her own movie. And what I thought with that is it'd be very cool to have her interact with maybe Superman or Batman. Because um, they're still feeling that guilt. Mm-hmm. And they're having this conversation with Death herself on, you know, why? Why do these people have to... And in the midst of all that, we introduce, for the first time over on HBO Max, Constantine mm. and Doom Patrol. Right. So we start getting sort of that element. We introduce them. We're not going to do anything with them for a minute on a regular basis. Then we go into Phase 3. Themyscira. Mm-hmm. We have a series for that. Atlantis gets its own oh, HBO see. Max series. Right. Followed by Green Arrow. And then Argus. Oh, Argus. Oh, see, that'd be such a good one. Because, I mean, you could Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. it, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, oh, that would be a good one. And that would be, I think, mainly Martian Manhunter putting the word out to the people within the government saying, hey, I need help. Right. You know, I can only be so many places at once. And that's part of the fallout as well from JSA 2. And then you get the films. Now we meet Hal Jordan's Green Lantern. Because he re- he goes to the Green Lantern Corps. I need another one. Mm-hmm. You know, I need somebody else. We get Barry Allen's Flash, not Ezra Miller. <laughs> we we, we get obvious. our Wonder we get our Wonder Woman and Aquaman movies. Right, because we've already set up their worlds and their quote unquote prequel and stuff like that. Yeah, oh. and that's it. That's it for that volume of that phase. But then we go into Superman and Batman's worlds. Catwoman and Poison Ivy get their own HBO Max series because that's one thing I loved about Gotham mm-hmm. is that they were friends. They knew each other as kids growing up, you know. So you get that sort of they each come up together, but then they kind of diverge a little bit when Ivy has her accident and everything. Mm-hmm. Lex Luthor gets his own series. That would be a good one. Yeah. In the film, well, I'll finish out HBO Max. Lois Lane gets her own series. And Penguin gets his own series. Also, Joker's going to get his own series. Now, with Joker, you don't know what origin story to tell, right? Right. Because there's so many. And that's kind of the appeal of the character. No one really knows where this guy came from. So I thought, did you ever read the... Joker Puzzle Box comics. Mm-mm. It's a series that they did recently, and a crime's been committed. And over these issues, Joker is being interviewed by the GCPD. They're convinced he did it, but he's saying he didn't. And mm. he keeps giving, like, there's variations of tales that he's telling. And so I kind of spun that here. We The whole series takes place in Arkham. Joker's already in Arkham. And he's being quizzed on his past. Uh, The GCPD is trying to unravel the mystery of who's bombing Gotham, who's got all these traps, and they think it's him. They think he has an accomplice. And he's sitting there, and we see him initially being interviewed by a psychiatrist. At the end of the series, in the last scene, we figure out this psychiatrist that's been interviewing him 
and and supposedly trying to get this information for the GCPD is Harley Quinn. Mm. And you get her reveal. And by the end of her interviews with him, she's bought in. Right. She's now going to flip. The films from that volume are the second Batman. Maybe he takes on Riddler and Freeze. Right. Superman 2, where he could take on Bizarro. Uh, and then you're finally your Justice League movie, which it's been culminating the whole time. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, and then I started the next phase, but by that point it was it was really it was <laughs> really a fourteen long. page document now. <laughs> so, so I went Wonder Woman two with more phase four stuff to be Suicide Squad, maybe Batgirl, Birds of Prey, Robin, Legends, mm. Titans. Shazam, the second JLA movie. Yeah. But. God, I love it. I don't know, man. I mean, listen, Chris, I don't, I don't know a lot of things. But I think, you know, I, not to not just be boastful here. You know, mine's pretty great. But yours is, is honestly next level kind of things. And I would be 100% all in on everything you just said. And I'm going to say right now, Chris. You just fixed the DC. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been... Go ahead. (laughs) You got to have somebody to run it. Right. I mean, you have to have... You have to have that vision, that that Kevin Feige mind all the way out there. Berlanti. Berlanti, you know. And here we are. Uh, But now we know because Chris fixed it and he's got the plans for it. And if things start happening like that, we are suing. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this was the NerdWide Podcast for the little DC Let's Fix the DC uh, offshoot here. If you enjoyed it, let us know what you thought down below. Let us know how you would fix the DC by letting us know down in the comments or email us at nerdwide at gmail.com and we'll read it on the air how you plan to fix the DC. But until then, stay tuned for our next episode of the NerdWide Podcast and we'll see you then. That was great. I loved it. Even Fury liked it so much. He's in here with me. All right, Chris. <laughs> no TV shows to review this week. But we did have some news. Uh, this first story, it, I don't really, there's, there's a, a lot we can say with it. But we, it's we, not. We got to do our, we got to do our what you've been watching. Oh, God, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place. Chris. Listen, I have started a show that my wife has been trying to get me to watch ever since I've known her. And it's a little show that I don't think really went places called The Fringe. J.J. Uh, Abrams was a creator, I like it. executive producer. Joshua Jackson, right? Yes. And I am on episode six or seven of the first season, and I'm really trying to get into it. It's an easy show just to watch while I will have on while I'm working. But if I pay attention to it too much, it takes me out of it. And it was made in mm. 2009, and I have to put my mindset into it. But it's like uh, a lot of this stuff I can't really get heavy into. But it's one of those that you passively watch it. You can have it on, it's not really pay attention to. Um, and then I finished uh, All American up until season four is on TV now. But I'm all caught up on it, and I just want more of it. But uh, anyways, that's what I've been watching. Chris, what have you been watching? You're going to be very proud of me, Tyler. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, I watched the first two seasons of The Boys. What do you think? Are you all in? I'm all in. <laughs> uh, I told you, man. <laughs> there's there's some characters that 
I was I was very happy that um, oh crap now I'm forgetting her name. She used to be Liberty. Um, See, it's Stormfront. been so long. I don't remember much of their names anymore. Stormfront. Yeah. Uh, that was, was that was a fun character. <laughs> it was. I felt like they rushed getting rid of her. Mm-hmm. It was like right when they revealed everything about her past, they killed her off. Yep. There was no fallout from it. There was nothing with... I felt like that would have been a good art to have her hauled into Senate hearings and, and mm-hmm. all of this and and actually we're gonna make an example out of these out of these superheroes. Right. Especially after word leaked that they were uh, spoilers by the way for people that Yeah, this is a two years, a year and a half old now at this point. But especially after people found out that these heroes are not born this way. Mm mm. They're fed a chemical mm-hmm. as infants and as and as kids. Um, Homelander is messed up, dude. He is. He, I think my so favorite scene from that whole season is him with his son on top of the roof trying to teach him to fly. And he just pushes him. <laughs> the kid just falls. I don't know why, but I laugh so hard every time I see it. He didn't have oh, parents. God. He grew up in the lab, so he doesn't know how to interact. Right. And it's, uh, <laughs> it in that sense, it's sad, right? But then, like, he just wants mommy's the, milk, Chris. That's all he wants. He just wants mommy's milk. That, and and that <laughs> that scene got me where he was he had, so he killed um, oh, Elizabeth Shue's character. Damn. Um. She was running the group. I can't think of the character name, but Elizabeth Shue plays the part. And um, he kills her at the end of season one. Mm-hmm. Brutally, by the way. Right. And then at the beginning of season two, he has saved some of her breast milk. <laughs> and he takes, and he uses his heat vision to heat it up, and he just sticks oh, his tongue so down in there. so bad, dude. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this guy has issues. I don't know what to think at this point about the Huey character. I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, eh. Right. I think that's how they write him, though. I love Jack Quaid and the way he plays him. Yeah, it's the character. And I'm I'm done with the deep. I'm done with A-Train. <laughs> the deep storyline for season two is it went places, and I'm like, ah, the whole cult and everything. I'm like, okay, I'm not a big fan of it. And that's no. like my, my second other scene is him getting gilled. It's the funniest yeah. thing. That girl just sticks her <laughs> hand just... down in the gills, and it's like... It's so gross. He's like, it hurts. Yeah, yeah you like that? Oh, it hurts. <laughs> oh, it's just, man. Oh, God. But, yeah, I mean, I find it odd that they... I, which I know it was done this way intentionally, but you have this whole Homelander storyline with... The milk... Mm-hmm. And it, it's even extended to regular milk, yep. like it, just any kind of milk at this point. And then, of course, one of your anti-hero or not one of your anti-superhero characters is Laz Alonzo's mother's milk. Yep. So that's going to play into this. At some point. <laughs> it's got to or they so just good. drop the ball. Uh, speaking of which, though, this showed up the other day. 
Um, it's gonna gonna get it. Is it gonna? Oh, how'd that show up? Where'd you get that from? Uh, it came from a shop. They sent two copies, so one of these is going to be yours. Oh, well, thank you. Um, That's exciting. But yeah, it's issue one of the boys' Herogasm. <laughs> Such a great name. So, so yeah. Well, that's um, pretty cool. But I dig the series. We uh, we talked beforehand. We're going to actually make it one of the series that we review. Yeah, definitely not uh, child appropriate, ladies and gentlemen, because it's going to get raunchy, no. and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> no, I mean we'll clean we'll clean it up a little bit. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like some of the characters though are just hopefully, uh, which the way they left season two, hopefully uh, Billy Butcher's back. Because he's he is a a favorite. Yeah, no, he he sure. even gets superpowers. In the I season. hated that. I hated that Becca got killed off. Because mm-hmm. I felt like they needed to do more for his arc, right? With her. Um. Yeah, it's, it's, I, and I I wish they do more with Maeve, but yeah. they haven't done. They kind of they kind of set it up like they were going to do more with her in season two. But uh-huh. didn't really. She still stayed that like that D story character, and I'm right yeah. there with you. I'm hoping in season three. I mean, there's a lot of characters to focus on, but I feel like hers like she was having that very subtle flip, more so mm-hmm. than like Starlight or I think her name was Starlight was her character's name. Yeah. But yeah. So the season three trailer came out this past week, and actually came out uh, yesterday, Monday, and it looks crazy like it's it's going to be fun well season two kicks off with the plane crash mm-hmm. and that's really the moment i mean mave was she wasn't like in homelander before right but this is the moment where she's like we're not doing what we say we're doing mm-hmm. this is screwed up this isn't right but she can't just walk away right so yeah, I'm curious to see where they take it. it I haven't is, seen the trailer yet. So. You, you need what's we can do with this one? Watch the trailer and text me because it's it's good and it's there's going some some crazy places like the spoiler spoilers if you're not wanting to listen to the trailer or watch the trailer. But Butch gets superpowers. Okay. And like it's it's the whole big thing, you know. He's all you know down with the soups, but then becomes a soup. And then of course you've got um, Jensen Ackles. Oh, I forgot his character's name right now, um, but like the the original Captain America, Soldier Boy, Soldier Boy, and it looks, dude, it looks so good. And, but like the trailer starts out with um, Homelander doing a bunch of interviews, saying, "Well, you know, I just fell in love with the wrong girl. Alf just fell in love with the wrong girl. You know, love love sucks. I just didn't know her character when we first started dating, stuff like that. And just trying to spin it with uh, what's her name, spin that he was the good guy." And yeah. not didn't know she was messed up and everything like that. Trying to you know get his public image back up, and it's he makes some crazy faces that just lets you know that he uh, he's definitely gonna be psychotic this season, and yeah. I can't wait for well, it. Well, yeah, the way he ended season two wasn't exactly fun to watch. I mean, he's, <laughs> I can do anything I want, <laughs> and he's so, standing on that. It's so good. Oh, I have to I have to rewatch both seasons before season three comes out in a couple of weeks, because that and, show is so good. 
And just real, real quick, the the season one death of um, A Train and Poplock's landlord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't have been, it, it would not have been worth it. No, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to another. Uh, our first news story here is another Amazon show. Jack Ryan is going to end with season four, but a spinoff could be on the horizon. I'm going to IGN.com by Adele Onkers for this one. Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan starring John Krasinski reportedly concluded its run with the upcoming fourth season, while Amazon is eyeing a spinoff centered around another character. According to Deadline, Krasinski has committed to four seasons of Ryan, uh, Jack Ryan when he signed on for the title of the role in the Prime Video action series. Krasinski has already filmed the third season, which does not have a release date, and production is now said to be underway on the fourth season. After that, there are reportedly no plans to continue the series. While Jack Ryan is on its way out, Amazon is said to be eyeing a potential spin-off series headlined by Michael Pena, who will be reportedly stars Domingo Ding Chavez, a major character from the Tom Clancy Literacy Universe, having appeared in 22 novels. Uh, we, we've got our theories. I'm not going to really go into it too much. Uh, after this week, though, if you have not seen Multiverse of Madness, um, you have been warned. So it's, it's yeah. all I'm going to put there. Yeah. Um, this next one, a lot of uh, upfronts was this past week, and it brought some heartbreaks and some little bit of hopes of joy. Uh, here are the shows being brought back in our order that kind of relates to us. Upload Season 3 is getting uh, Upload is getting its new season with Season 3. The Supernatural prequel series, The Winchesters, got greenlit. Walker Independence. Uh, oh, sorry, these are all ordered, excuse me. The Winchesters got ordered. Walker Independence, which is a spinoff from The Walker Show, got ordered. And then Gotham Knights got ordered. So um, you know, a lot of good supernatural news there for all your characters and actors and actresses for that one. But Gotham Knights, I'm glad got ordered because I'm ready for it. Yeah. And then I've got a funny little... Uh, Reddit thread here I've got on my phone that let me see if I've got the oh, I don't have the Redditor who posted this so this was everything that got cancelled this is everything going on on CW as of right now In the Dark on uh, CBS is ending with season 4 Kung Fu got renewed for season 3 Legacies cancelled after 4 seasons Legends of Tomorrow got cancelled after 7 seasons Nancy Drew got renewed for season 4 Riverdale renewed for season 7 but its end is near. Roswell, New Mexico, ending with season four. Stargirl, awaiting word on season four. We're waiting on season three to air. Supergirl ended with its sixth and final season. Superman and Lois, renewed for season three. Walker was renewed for season three. All-American Homecoming was renewed for season two. The 4400, canceled this week. Naomi, canceled this week. Tom Swift, premieres May 31st. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I went, I went backwards here. All-American was renewed. Batwoman was canceled. Charmed, the new show, canceled after four seasons. Dynasty, canceled after five seasons. The Flash was renewed for season nine, but it's in as near as well. And The Dark, ending with season four, which is yet to air. And I read the other ones. So they canceled a lot. I think as it's said and done, all the shows that are that have been on the air, I think only eight of them are coming back. After this. this is definitely the discovery influence yeah. because Warner Brothers never did this before. Now they they canceled shows, right? But you were pretty well guaranteed if you got your show ordered that you were going to get at least two seasons. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're just yeah, like, yeah, we, 
we're not doing this. We're definitely getting the the discovery buyout like their hands in it because that they canceled a lot of shows these past two weeks, mm. and I mean they a lot of I thought were popular. Uh uh-uh. uh Right. So so what are they gonna do with the remaining time slots? I don't know. I may I I, I don't know. And it makes you wonder with some of these other shows like The Flash, how long does it really have? Riverdale, how long is it really? I right. know the Riverdale cast doesn't really want to be there anymore. But, I mean, where, where, what else do you do? So what happens to those time gaps, those time slots? So, right. Uh, next story. Maybe this next thing. That's true. HBO Max Discovery Plus will be combined into one service. I'm going to Variety.com by Jennifer Moss for this one. Discovery, which is about to become Warner Brothers Discovery within the next month when its merger with AT&T's Warner Media closes, has confirmed its plans to combine its current streaming service, Discovery Plus, and Warner Brothers HBO Max into one service rather than offer the two platforms as a bundle. Uh, Discovery CFO Gunnar Weidenfels, who also serves as CFO of the newly combined Warner Brothers Discovery, said Monday during the Deutsche Bank 30th Annual Media Internet and Telecom Conference that Discovery is making preparations to combine the two streamers, marking the first time the company has actually revealed its post-merger strategy for Discovery Plus HBO Max amid speculation they could remain solo platforms. Interesting. So, I wonder if, because you know, we're both HBO Max subscribers, I wonder if our prices are going to go up or do you think they'll stay the same? I think they'll increase. Um, I think I looked into it and something with adding, because they said they're still going to have an ads option and an ad-free option. Okay. Adding the two ad-free options for the services together right now, it comes out to like 22 or something like that a month. So I they'll probably be like 16 a month. Mm. Trying to set up the Netflix numbers. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that's a lot of content. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, that's what I was saying before that we recorded too. Like all the HBO Max stuff I added to my list, I didn't realize it was even on HBO Max. Like uh-huh. I've got Big Bang Theory on there. I've always wanted to. I've told you this multiple times in the past, but I've always wanted to go from start to finish of that show because like I, whenever I watch it on TV, it was never watching it, you know, in subsequent order. It was always right. just all over the place, and I've always yeah. wanted to do that. So. And now I have the chance to do so. Uh, next news story I've got here. Marvel's MODOK canceled on Hulu after one season. That's the Pat Oswalt show. Uh, obviously, that didn't last long. No, obviously did not do well. Uh, next one I've got here. Netflix's Geeked Week will be on June 6th through 10th. I really enjoyed it last year. And I'm really going to enjoy it this year because that leads right into when Microsoft is doing their press conference for uh-huh. what would be E3 that June 10th. So I'm going to have a fun little uh, end of week, early weekend gift there. Because Geek Tweet, they did a whole bunch of stuff with Cobra Kai and a bunch of the shows that I really enjoy. Little Witcher. And then this next right. one came out, uh, premiere right before we started recording. She-Hulk trailer has dropped. The show debuts August 17th. And Chris, I do believe this show is a 10-episode um, yeah. TV show. So, yeah, it and is. it looks great. A lot of Mark Ruffalo, uh, Hulk, and I didn't realize it was going to be that much. I didn't think I was going to enjoy this show as much as I thought, but I'm more hyped to watch this one than I'm Miss Marvel at this point. Oh, as of this, watching the trailer, yeah. like, I'm in it. Yeah, the the trailer, you definitely got to check the trailer out. You know, we, we reported a month or two ago that there were all these concerns because people were saying that it wasn't going to be good and all mm-hmm. this, and from the trailer, 
it looks like it's going to be really good. Yeah. Like she's there's times where she's in the courtroom as She Hulk, mm-hmm. but also as herself. So I don't know if she's. Yeah, I don't know how they're they're going to do that. I'm not. I'm familiar with Jessica Walters and She Hulk, but I'm I'm also not that familiar with it. So like to yeah. me, I thought she couldn't come out of She Hulk. But no, she can't. I well, and. There's a good chunk of the trailer at the very beginning is Bruce. He's got her in this containment cell. Mm-hmm. And he's he's trying to teach her how to control it. Right. And, of course, she turns into She-Hulk, and she walks over and rips the door off. <laughs> so and he's like, funny. no, 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 said, no, 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 They also confirmed, uh, Fandom confirmed, I don't know where or how, but Wong will be in this TV series as well. I don't know for how many episodes, but he has been confirmed to be in the show. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's your new uh, Samuel L. Jackson is what it is. Because she's, she's a lawyer. Right. And she's going to be trying cases tied to super. Mm-hmm. Which humans. I think is awesome. That's like, mm-hmm. that's such a cool idea for a television show. And uh-huh. finally, we're getting something with 10 episodes. And that's But it, it makes sense. When they have these battles, look at all that property damage. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can be sued. They would ha- they're, yeah, they they're would citizens. have to. Yeah. <laughs> the releases these next two weeks, because I will be taking an anniversary trip for this next episode, so we'll be off for a two-week hiatus, but I'll make sure to put everything in. Thursday, May 26th, Pokemon Master Journeys, the series part three. comes on Netflix. That's mainly for me. Friday, May 27th, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the new series, launches on Disney+. Plus. Same day, May 27th, Stranger Things, the new season, comes out on Netflix. Work. Chris, we are an hour into the show, and we're just now done with TV. <laughs> well, we had fun. We had a lot of fun, though. Yeah, <laughs> and we're still gonna have fun because mm-hmm. now we're on to movies. So, have you watched anything? Out? We watched two movies for this week. Have you watched anything uh, else? No, just these two. Yeah, same for me. Of course, a lot of my time was spent getting caught up on the boys uh, when I had time to watch stuff, which you know. That was definitely worth it. So. Oh yeah, it's a. I'm, all in. I'm so glad you caught up on that. Uh. So our first movie review here is U.S. Marshal, and we decided to review this one for the show because it it was getting news attention. This was from 1998. Stars Tommy Lee. I mean, there's. I've I've got to pull up the cast here. Uh, I've got to pull it up right now. This was an all-star cast. I mean, you had Tommy Lee Jones. You have Robert Downey Jr. You have Daniel Roebuck. Um, you have... Wesley uh, Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Joe Pantaleone, right? I mm-hmm. think is, is his... I'm, I'm so used to just calling him Joey Pants. Um, <laughs> Pant, Pantaleano. Um, who else did we have here that, that popped for me? Uh, there was Tom else Wood I, I had. Daniel uh, Roebuck. Yeah, Daniel Roebuck jumped out as well. Um, but it's just, it popped for some reason. No one knew why. It showed up <laughs> I still on Netflix. don't know why. It showed up on Netflix and it became their number one movie. And everybody was like, why is this getting, like, we talked about it. And the first thing I did when I heard it is I Googled, like, Tommy Lee Jones and Robert Downey Jr.'s hoping that they hadn't passed away because normally that's the sort of thing that spikes a movie like that and luckily they had not 
it just, no one knows why. Right. No one knows why it's, that it's movie. It's still at number nine right now. <laughs> That's wild. Um, so this is kind of, I don't know if it was an official follow-up, because I can't remember The Fugitive that well, but I think it was, because Tommy Lee Jones is a U.S. Marshal, and that chasing Harrison Ford's Dr. Sam Shepard. Um, but in this case, they we see them wrap up a case to start the movie. And uh, they kind of take their victory lap. And then suddenly they get he gets assigned on a prisoner transport that Wesley Snipes is on. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone tries to kill, one of the other prisoners tries to kill Wesley Snipes mid-flight. And a hole gets blown into the side of the plane. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> and the guy that tried to kill Wesley Snipes gets sucked out. And uh, they manage to stabilize the plane. But then they realize that they've lost two engines. And the plane's going down. There's not an airport nearby. So they have to land on a roadway. And they think they have enough road. But it's made worse because they don't account for the telephone poles. <laughs> so they're just knocking down all these all these poor people that live around there. They're not going to have power for weeks. And uh, they they run out of road. They skid off the road down an embankment. The plane goes into the water, and everybody is trying to get out because you know obviously you don't want to drown. Some of these guys, even though they're on death row got to save their lives so we can kill them later. Um, and Tommy Lee Jones will not leave anybody behind. It, the guys are like, you got to get out of here. Come on, leave them. And there's, they're still, because they're upside down. Mm-hmm. And he looks, and you just see their feet. And the rest of them are underwater. And he's trying to unlock everybody that he can. Uh, meanwhile, Wesley Snipes, we've met his girlfriend at this point. And I think she has the best line in the movie because he's involved in a crash at the beginning. Um, and she goes to get him out of the hospital and they're like, well, you have to pay the bill. And she's told how much the bill is. And she's like, with all the taxes that you Americans pay, your health care should be free. <laughs> right. Like, yes, yeah. exactly. Here we are. <laughs> what? 20, 23 years later. Yes. So we're in the exact same boat. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Right. Um, so the rest of the movie is them hunting down Wesley Snipes' character. Robert Downey Jr. is brought in by the FBI because he is uh, an agent. Down, uh, Snipes' character is thought to have killed two of his fellow agents. I don't want to reveal the ending in case people haven't seen it, like exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. But um, Robert Downey Jr., he's really good in this. Yes, and it's it's interesting to know this came out in '98, so he's roughly ten years away from that career boost he gets from mm-hmm. Iron Man and the first Sherlock Holmes and, and stuff like that. So, um, but he ends up with a really great performance by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I loved it. it. It was a fun watch. Yes, it's. You don't really have to lock in on it if it's if you're wanting to sit there and have something fun to watch while you're doing something else. 
you can throw this on. Um, it's fairly easy to follow. A lot of movies back then did that, where it was, they give you an ending that you may or may not see coming, but they're not going to require you to keep your eyes glued mm-hmm. to the TV the whole time. Um, Tommy Lee Jones is great in this. Fantastic. Um, Joey Pants. I can't wait for him to get killed. Yeah. Just because it seems like he gets killed in so much stuff. And I was just like, he's going to get it here. Nope. (laughs) Didn't happen. He's going to get it here. Nope. Didn't happen. Uh, One of the team does get killed. Which I thought was a misdirect, if I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it was a misdirect. Yeah. So. But love the movie. Because he had plenty of time to tell who killed him. And yeah. I was like, okay, so they're going to do this. He's going to die and then come back at the end after they, after they trap the killer. But listen. Yeah, because we never, we never actually saw him die. Mm-hmm. We hear from the ambulance people, uh, EMTs, that he died. But you don't ever. Right. They just kind of walk off. That was it. And I was like, okay, he's still alive. Unless I see a body, he's still alive. Um, I loved this movie. I gave it four and a half stars on Letterboxd. And I did not expect to love this movie as much as I did. I watched it last Friday, and I texted you when I was watching it. And I said, I can't I can't believe I'm enjoying this as much as I am. And I was like, this is one that, if it came on TV, I'm going to watch again. If ever I have time and it's around, I'm going to watch it again. Because it, it's so good. Tommy Lee Jones, Wesley Snipes, Robert Downey Jr., all three of them like were so fun and so well done and well acted. This is a young Robert Downey Jr., And I was like, this is good. And I loved it. Yeah, I mean, it's I I gave it three and a half. I really liked it. But um, I I feel like we're kind of spoiled with the way movies are done now. Mm -hmm. Where where they pay way more attention to detail than what they have in the past. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if that same movie were made today, I think it would still be really good if you had a cast like that. But I think they would... It'd probably be a little bit longer. Yeah. And they would probably add a few more twists and turns to it. That well, that was that was like with this the... one, I sat down. I said, oh, two hours. I said, oh, that's a – so I don't know if I'm going to like this. And I couldn't stop. Like, I I was supposed to be working. But, uh, but... I was like, I was, I was watching more of the movie. <laughs> but I'll, I'll agree with you. Like, if, if I were going to sit there and I were going to pick out, say, ten Robert Downey Jr. movies, for instance, to – to watch outside of the MCU to just run through of, of his. This would be one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no doubt about it that this is a fantastic movie. It's just, I see why people were watching it. Yeah. I just don't know how they found it. I just it. don't know why. <laughs> like, what? This shows up on Netflix and everybody's like, oh, we got to watch U.S. Marshall. Right. Like, I don't know what, huh? what algorithm did that, but they did a good job. <laughs> yeah, because now yeah. I've got a, a um, one of my new favorite '90s movies, for sure. U.S. Marshals. Absolutely. Second movie that we watched, uh, to kind of follow up from three weeks ago, I think, Sherlock Holmes Two, mm-hmm. Game of Shadows. Um, I love this. I did give it three and a half stars, right on par with U.S. Marshals. Um, but Jude Law, Robert Downey Jr. are back we get rachel mcadams back albeit briefly um stephen fry is in this 
And the scene where he's just strolling around naked. <laughs> just when was the butler's name? Oh god, I can't remember the butler's name. I can't remember. I can't remember the oh, butler. God, I'm gonna find it. But he just keeps walking past. He said he won't stop. Right. He keep he he's leaving the room and he calls him back in because he's got a tray with I guess tea on it, and he keeps walking. <laughs> and Stephen Stephen Fry's talking to uh, what's her name, uh, Watson. Yeah, Mary Watson. Yeah, he's talking to her, and the guy just keeps walking all the way to the other end of the room. He's <laughs> like, "Where are you going?" It's like he doesn't want to stop because you're naked. Right. Um, this is a fun movie though. You have Moriarty, and which is his arch villain. Main, yeah, and they're going toe to toe. Um, I just I'm trying to think it's been a few days but uh, it's basically just the two of them trying to outsmart one another mm -hmm. along the way and Moriarty's behind all this um, he was behind the first movie as well yeah and so it does cost uh, Rachel McAdams' character, though. Mm -hmm. she, she goes by. He gave her an advanced strain of tuberculosis. That's nutty. Again, another misdirect. I thought she was going to come back to life. Because it's... When we were watching this one, I was like, ah, I've watched this several times. I just don't remember... I remember the first half. I didn't remember the end of it. For some reason, I could not remember the whole end of this movie. But I did think it was funny that... Um, because in, in the film, Watson, Jude Law's character, Watson, marries his fiance, Mary, mm -hmm. appropriately named. And he shows, he shows up to the church. He went to his bachelor party the night before, <laughs> which was apparently up to Holmes to plan, which mm -hmm. was a mistake. Because he doesn't plan anything. No. And he, <laughs> Jude Law ends up, uh, Watson ends up getting into a fight. And he's limping into the church. Holmes tries to straighten his sleeve on his jacket and it rips off. So he's got like <laughs> one sleeve missing. So he has to put on another jacket over that. And he hasn't shaved. He's, he looks like he's drunk. Mm -hmm. and Just woken up like five minutes prior. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't realize it till she looks him in the eyes when he lifts her veil. And she looks at him and then looks at Holmes like, yeah, Holmes is way back in the back. He's not even sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, though. It's got a lot of good moments. It's got some good action. It's got uh, a lot of this. I love the scene where Holmes is hes doing that thing where he thinks through the mm -hmm. fight. And he's thinking through what he's going to do to Moriarty. And Moriarty's like in his head and says, you think you're the only one that can do this. Right. And, and then it starts him doing it. It's so yeah. good. Like it's, I gave this one a three and a half stars. I, I'm trying to think if I like this one better than the first one, or if the first one still stands out to me. But I think this they're one, about on par with one another. Yeah, that's that's about where I'm at because like this this has a lot of good fun scenes. The train scene, yeah. awesome, like just fantastically awesome. Moriarty is an awesome, like a fantastic villain when like what he's trying to do what he's trying to set up essentially setting up world war ii and yeah. just to make a profit off of it and the i don't 
the what happens at the end, and then the what's revealed at the end, is is really exciting and sets up the show that he's going to Robert Downey Jr. is producing, and and write well not writing but producing with his company and everything, but he just puts a question mark on the end of that the book page, and I was like this is so genius and like if you go back and watch the 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 character is sitting there the whole time. It's just, it's, mm. it's fancy camera work, but you can see that character is there. And it's just so funny to me, but so dickish. It, it just cracks me up. It's like, he goes, uh, Mary, who, who sent this parcel? Did he look like a normal postman? Are you sure it was our postman? <laughs> so just stupid stuff like that. So funny. And they foreshadow it earlier in the movie. Yes. Like almost to a T. It's yeah. so good. So, yeah, three and a half for me. Um, I, w- I kind of wish they'd just go ahead and make another one. I, but I don't I know if that's one. enough. <laughs> so next week, we're going to review on the next podcast, so it'll be a little over a week from when this one comes out. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, now You See Me, which neither of us have seen. So when, when we watch it, now we'll have seen it. <laughs> now we'll have now uh, seen it. <laughs> and that's going to be on Amazon. So if you'd like to watch along, so to speak, first news article comes from Deadline and Justin Kroll. Dune Part 2, Christopher Walken to play the Emperor and sequel for Legendary and Warner Brothers. Um, Dennis Villanueva is adding another high-profile talent to an already loaded cast. As sources tell Deadline, Christopher Walken is set to play the Emperor in Warner Brothers and Legendary's Dune Part 2. Walken joins the all-star ensemble that includes Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Zendaya, and Josh Brolin, who are all expected to reprise their roles, as well as Florence Pugh and Austin Butler, a.k.a. Elvis, who were also recently announced uh, Villanueva is back to write, direct, and produce. This is awesome news. Like this is, this is perfect, and I cannot wait. Like this came out of left field last week, and I was like, yeah, I am all in on this casting. I still think my favorite walking role is just the headless horseman in Sleepy Hollow. Uh, Balls of Fury. Yeah. Uh, Balls of Fury. Yeah. Have you ever seen Sleepy Hollow? No. <laughs> That's probably why. That's yeah. <laughs> Also from Deadline and Justin Kroll, who apparently has been busy. Um, Fast 10, or Fast X, I don't know how they actually want that pronounced. It's always confusing when they do that stuff. Jack Reacher star Alan Richen, who I don't really associate with Jack Reacher. I associate with Hawk on Titans. Or or Hawk, yeah. Uh, Joins next installment in Fast and Furious franchise. Um I'm just going to call it Fast X. Mm-hmm. The 10th installment in the Fast and Furious franchise looks to have rounded out its all-star cast with Alan Richson, breakout star of the new Jack Reacher series from Amazon Prime Video. Richson, Richson joins as the pick just set Louis Leterrier. Is that right? That's not good to me. Okay. To replace Justin Lin as director. The film's in production with Vin Diesel and the core fast cast returning alongside franchise newcomers Jason Momoa and Brie Larson. So, 
that's a it's gonna be a fun movie. I mean, these movies are supposed to be fun, but you're adding in a lot of characters that I care a lot about, a lot of uh, actors that I care about, and just I want you to go ahead and add another one. I think I've seen one or two of the movies. Oh, so we've got them. We've got all of them except for the last one. So so they do something that as a as a physical media collector I hate, and that is. I think it was when the eighth one came out. They put out this elaborate box set, right? Mm-hmm. Fast eight. And now they've made two more films. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, that's how we got them. Because they all came on a digital and a, the, the Blu-rays. And so that's how it's we bought like, them. And so now the doing? ninth and tenth one, we're going to have to to buy separately. Yeah. So. Like, I, I understand older franchises like Indiana Jones or something, you know, because those movies were made a while back. Right. Put out a box set. A few years later, someone's like, hey, let's remake something or let's make another sequel. But they did that knowing that they had more movies coming. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating. I'm right there with you. Theatrical releases this week in cinemas, May 27th, Top Gun Maverick. Which I have heard is reviewing really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also May twenty seventh, the Bob's Burgers movie. It's supposed to be a big. Haven't deal. heard anything about that. It's a big deal. <laughs> Top uh, Top Gun Maverick doesn't surprise me. I mean, as as much as people want to talk about Tom Cruise away from films, when he makes a movie, it's usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got me wanting I to rewatch kept... the first one and watch this one. So. Yeah, Peak we had all those rumors. Movie. We had all those rumors about him being superior Iron Man and mm-hmm. and the Illuminati and stuff. So that was... <laughs> jokes on them. <laughs> Keep your Top Gun Maverick video games, Chris. Have you been playing anything fun or exciting this past week? Man, I've been grinding the show. Uh, they got a program ending here in a couple of days. I finally finished it. Mm and their next program they said it's only going to last two weeks so yeah that's going to be the bulk of my time (laughs) i've i've been playing persona 5 royal i am done with the main game so persona 5 i have completed it um but now i'm on to like the extra semester stuff now Mm -hmm. but i have been mainly playing destiny 2 guardian games which is their olympic um stuff they do every summer Right. And it ends after this week, but I just been nonstop on it. Nothing exciting really, but just can't ever get off of Destiny whenever they have new content. Um, right. I really don't have any very notable new news. Like we're not gonna really have anything crazy big until June, towards the middle of it for uh, E3 time. So yeah, nothing really crazy going on in the video game world, and then even. Next two weeks, the only thing that I have notif- noticeable coming out is Vampire the Masquerade, Swan Song, on everything on May 19th. Like, that's that's it for two weeks, which is, unless something at Shadow Drop, that's mind-blowing to me. <laughs> but, have, have you heard about this game? Is it good? Uh, this is, I'm pretty sure, is this the one that's already out? I think this is the one that's already out. It's a Battle Royale, and it's just another one. I've heard it's it's decent. It's okay, but yeah, nothing. I thought about checking it out, and I was like, eh, man, I, I, I can't take any more time into that. I got a backlog to finish. Nothing earth-shattering. No, nothing, nothing crazy. Not like our cool. DC fix it, uh, fixing DC and um, 
our Kaya review that we did. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a fantastic show. And I really can't wait for everyone to listen and watch this one. Uh, thank you so much for watching it and listening. If you did, don't forget to share it on all your favorite social media platforms. This is going to be a very shareable episode. So are the the book review and the fix in DC portions we did. Make sure you're sharing those. More eyes we get on it, the better. Uh, the more Chris gets hired on to be the Kevin Feige of DCEU. Uh, don't forget to rate us on your favorite uh, podcasting app. Don't forget to like us on YouTube. And on social media, you can follow the NerdWide account on Twitter at nerd underscore wide. You can follow me at Ty underscore Haynes. You can follow Chris at MattTN7. On Facebook.com, search in nerdwide.com in the search bar, and you'll find us with the first one that pops up. Those are the nerd, uh, Twitter and Facebook, the ways you get as soon as these episodes are posted. It'll go straight to there on those social media accounts. But, guys, that has been this week's episode of the NerdWide podcast, and we are taking a – week hiatus so we will see you back in two weeks technically or a week and a half from this recording and we can't wait to see you then stay safe and we'll see you then